Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Have you ever had a fair-weather friend? A friend who will be there whenever things are good, but then will leave you whenever things are not so good. Maybe a friend who was really not a friend, but was just there because of what you had, because of your stuff, because they wanted to use you. And once you didn't have that anymore, they didn't really want to be your friend. I think Jesus... um, Jesus talks about this and the way that people were treating Him. We just came across with two miracles that we've looked at in the last couple of weeks. One was Jesus breaking bread and fish and and dispensing it throughout a crowd of 5,000 people. And the people ate until they were satisfied. And here Jesus references that and says, "You, you didn't believe because you saw the signs. You just got your belly full. There is a danger of coming to Jesus not for Jesus, not for Him, not for the way He can satisfy us by Himself, but by coming to Jesus for what we can receive from Him. By coming to Him for what He can give us materially, social status, whatever. Jesus was well aware of this warning and of this, uh, this danger. And it's what He points out to these uh, people who come to Him. Let's look at John chapter 6, beginning at verse 22. And this is a long text, so bear with me. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been... The, There had been only one boat there, and Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give to you. For on Him God the Father has set His seal. Then they said to Him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. So they said to Him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread 
from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to Him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread of life or I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. And not, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and anyone, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh." The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat my flesh, eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and as I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live. Jesus said these things 
in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. As this passage teaches, Lord, we need you to open our eyes. We need you to give us ears to hear. Lord, give us the eyes of faith. Lord, be with me. Give me strength, for I am weak. Give me grace. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, Jesus had just performed the miracle of uh, feeding the 5,000. He had done the impossible. 5,000 men with many women and children alongside. And Jesus just had five loaves, loaves and two fish. And yet he broke the bread and gave it to the people and everyone was able to eat and be satisfied. It's so much so that there were 12 baskets full of fragments left over so that there was enough for all of the disciples as well. This is amazing. And as I said for the last two weeks, when Jesus did this, he was showing how he was the true and better Moses. Moses, what had he done? Whenever he led the people in the wilderness, he gave them as The people were saying He gave them manna in the wilderness to eat. And Jesus points out it wasn't Moses that did it, it was God that gave them the manna in the wilderness. But Jesus, by doing that miracle, He was showing He's better than Moses. He was able to do a miracle like what Moses did. And then, following that, you have Jesus walking on the water out to His disciples. Another thing that points to how Jesus is like Moses. Moses stood on the bank of the river of the Red Sea as the people crossed on dry land and he held out his hands. There was a, a miracle of crossing a sea and Jesus didn't do it like Moses did. He was even better than Moses. He walked right on the top of the water without getting wet. And these people, they, they saw what Jesus had done. And they wanted to go find Him. They wanted in on it. They wanted their cut. They wanted what Jesus had to give them. So they found Jesus and they asked Him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Well, usually whenever somebody asks me something so simple as, when did I get here? I'll tell them I've been here however long I've been here. But Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't give them an answer to their question. Look at what He says. Truly I say to you, you're, ask, you're seeking Me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your, lo- your fill of the loaves. They saw the miracle Jesus did, but they they didn't see the sign that it was supposed to be. In the Gospel of John, we saw how whenever Jesus turned water into wine, whenever He healed someone, whenever He broke the bread and the fish, those were supposed to be signs that gave glory to God and they were supposed to point to who He was, about His identity, about who He was. They weren't seeing the sign 
that would cause them to give glory to God. They weren't seeing the sign that would testify to who Jesus was. They just saw, if I follow this guy, I won't be hungry. And sometimes we can see this in different supposed ministries. The prosperity gospel. Those preachers who preach a message that if you, if you give a certain amount of money, God will bless you. If you do certain things, then God is just bound to bless you because God wants you healthy and wealthy. And But that's just coming to Jesus for what He can give materially. Because our satisfaction in Jesus, it doesn't come from having enough money in the bank. Our satisfaction in Jesus doesn't come from having our belly filled. Our satisfaction in Jesus comes from having Jesus. And yet I can point to these TV preachers and I can get away with that. But we have to think about ourselves. How often do we do that? How often we can point to other people and say, oh, they just, they're after what Jesus can give them. They're, they're false teachers. But can we fall into the same pattern of just wanting what Jesus can give us? Thinking, well, if I'm following Jesus, then I ought to have an easy life. If I'm following Jesus, then I ought to have plenty of money in the bank. If I'm following Jesus we can subtly be tempted into the same kind of thinking as this false prosperity gospel. Jesus, He puts His finger right on the issue there. They were coming to Him not because they wanted Him. They were coming to Him because they wanted their belly fills. Then, They ask him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? Isn't that an odd question to ask? They were there. <laughs> they were there just a little while ago whenever Jesus had broke the bread, broke the fish, fed 5,000 people, and yet they're asking, what sign do you do so we may believe? They were blind. He was right in their midst, and they're still asking for more signs. And Jesus said, truly, they point to the fact that Moses had fed the people in the wilderness, and they miss the fact that Jesus was doing the same thing. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's already giving us the hint here in this statement. He re the Gospel of John refers over and over that Jesus is the one who came down from heaven. No one has ever seen God at any time except the Son who was with the Father. The Word of God who was made flesh from John chapter 1. He's here telling them He's the bread of life. And then He comes out and says it. Jesus said to them in verse 35, I am 
the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. He gives this promise. He says, I am the bread of life. And when He says, I am the bread of life, He he says that in the emphatic way. He says, I am. I myself am. Jesus says this phrase, I am, about many things in the Gospel of John. And I believe this points to the fact that He's referencing who He is. His identity as God. The One who was there in the burning bush whenever Moses asked God, who should I say sent Me? And God tells him from the burning bush, tell them I am has sent you. Whenever Jesus says, I am the bread of life, He's making a claim of who He is, who His identity is. He is the bread of life who came down from heaven. Whoever comes to Me shall never hunger. And whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. Then He says, but I said to you that you have seen Me and yet do not believe. He's pointing out again what's wrong. They saw the sign. They saw Him break the bread. They saw Him break the fish and feed thousands of people and yet they do not believe Him. Jesus then begins to dive deep into some very deep waters. He follows that up by saying, all that the Father gives Me will come to Me. And whoever comes to Me, I will never cast out. We'll look down the page a little bit where He says, Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to Me unless the Father who sent Me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. There is this sense in which Jesus is saying, I have a people whom the Father has given Me. All whom the Father has given Me will come to Me. All that the Father has come to me, has, has, was given me, will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I think this comes down to a, something that comes, becomes kind of scary to us sometimes. We, we often we hear this word election. And we want to run from that. But it is a biblical word. The Bible talks about election. About how God chose us in Christ. About how God chose us. But here, Jesus is saying, all that the Father gives me comes to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. There's like... Two sides of a coin here. First he's saying, all the Father gives to me, comes to me. Then he says, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. It can be scary to think about this. To think, am I one of the ones that God has given to the Son? 
Am I one? But we're not supposed to think that way. What we are told to do is believe. Trust in Jesus. Look to Jesus. And Jesus here tells us, if you come to me, I will never, ever, ever cast you out. Then Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. What was Jesus' mission? As he said here, it was that he would lose nothing of what the Father had given him. It can be scary to think about this idea of election because we can kind of get introspective and kind of wonder, am I one of those people? But that's not the purpose of why he tells us about this. The purpose of why he tells us about this is so that we know Jesus will never lose us. It's so that we can be secure. So people, if you don't have election, you don't have security. If it just all depends on me, I can believe today and not believe tomorrow, and how do I really know I'm saved? But if it depends on God, if it depends on Him, His grace, the Father who gave His a people to the Son, and the Son will never lose them. Not one of those whom the Father has given Him will He lose. It ought to give us a sense of security, knowing Jesus will hold on to me. He will never let me go. Then, Jesus says, so the Jews grumbled, John tells us, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They don't understand this. Just like whenever Jesus was with Nicodemus. What Nicodemus thought, uh, you know, you're telling me I got to be born again? Does that mean I have to go back into my mother and be born a second time? He, he was looking at it from a natural's perspective, and Nicodemus didn't get it. Same thing with the woman at the well. Jesus said, I, I give you some living water and you'll never thirst again. She's, I want some of this water. But here, Jesus, he says, I am the bread of life, and they're totally misunderstanding it again. They, they say, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? Didn't we see him grow up? How, how can he be somebody who came down from heaven? They're not getting it. They don't see who Jesus really is. Then he says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. If you are trusting in Christ now, if you believe on Him for your salvation, know this. You didn't do it because you were better than other people. You didn't do it because you were smarter than anyone. You did it because... God the Father drew you to Himself. He draw you, drew you to Himself. And whoever believes, He will raise up on the last day. Whoever believes has eternal life. 
Then Jesus says, verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that no one, so that, so that one may eat of it and not die. There's a difference between the manna in the wilderness and Jesus, the real bread of life. Whoever feeds on my... Sorry. Verse 52. Then the Jews disputed again. They're always grumbling, right? They disputed again among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on My flesh and drinks My blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. This sounds kind of weird. If you walked into this church right as I was reading these words and you didn't know anything about the Bible and you heard me say... Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you would probably think this is a cult and I'm getting out of here. Right? And you think of church growth techniques. You know, if the disciples were telling Jesus about ways to grow a church, they would probably tell him, you know, Jesus, you probably should stop telling people to eat you. Okay. Jesus says. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. We, when we take the Lord's Supper, which tonight we're going to actually do for the very first time here. We've never participated in the Lord's Supper here. We're going to do it tonight because it just fits this sermon. When we participate in the Lord's Supper, what are we doing? We're remembering. We're remembering His body that was broken for us. His blood that was shed for us. When we eat His flesh and drink His blood, it's not like in the Roman Catholic idea that they believe that the bread actually becomes Jesus' body and the wine becomes Jesus' blood. That's not what we mean. It's no kind of magical transformation. But Jesus said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of Me. And when we do that, we are feeding on Jesus. Remembering Him. Not just at the Lord's table, but anytime we are feeding on the Gospel. Remembering His body and His blood that was shed for us. That's what life comes from. There's a lot of preachers that like to just give life tips. They'll give uh, you know, seven steps to have a better family. Seven steps to have a, uh, you know, more money in the bank. Something like that. This, this is the prosperity gospel of another kind. But what Jesus offers is not seven steps so you can have a happier family life. Jesus offers Himself. He offers us Himself and we are to meditate on the gospel. Meditate on His body and blood that were broken and shed for us. Jesus says, My flesh is true food, and My blood true drink. Whoever feeds on My flesh and drinks My blood abides in Me, and I in Him. We talked about abiding in Jesus and in Him in us. Often in Scripture, it uses the same kind of language about His Word about His Word abides in us. 
We meditate on His Word, getting it into our hearts, into our souls, thinking on the Gospel, thinking about how Jesus died for me. Amazing grace! How sweet the sound. That's how we feed on Jesus. As the living Father sent me, and as I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will have life. He will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.